Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the Safeway Open 2020. We are going to get into the course breakdown, what it's going to take to play well here, key stats, a really cheap player with a ton of upside, and a really expensive player that's going to go low-owned with a ton of upside. We're going to give you our favorite picks for DFS, for sports betting, for whatever it is that you're playing in terms of betting on the PJ Tour. This episode presented to you by our friends at HolisticWellness.com. Holistic Wellness CBD is our favorite CBD product right now. Check it out. You just get grab a stick, pop it open, pour it into literally any beverage, water, coffee, alcohol, doesn't matter. Starts taking effect within 15, 20 minutes. We've been using it on the golf course. We've been using it before we go to sleep at night to relieve stress. Whatever you want to do, go to holisticwellness.com. Holistic, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K with a K wellness.com. Use promo code TJ25 to get 25% off your entire order. 25% off your entire order. Holisticwellness.com. Check it out. For now, enjoy the Safeway Open. In them long shots, oh, yeah. from Augusta to Sawgrass, we got your picks, we got your stats. Catch a bus, catch a lats, sip some rose with Pat. Two or two or two or two junkies. What's going on, golf addicts? David Barnett here of the Tour Junkies. Pat Perry is with me for now also of the Tour Junkies. And this is the Safeway Open podcast, the first podcast of the new 2020-2021 PGA Tour season after a 48-hour break, 48-hour offseason between DJ winning 15 mil at the Tour Championship on Monday and first ball in the air in Napa on Thursday, a big two-day break, and it's a new season. Cheers, Pat. I've got my uh, my Wild Leap vodka. I'm doing another transfusion again tonight. I'm celebrating the you know, the departure of the summer months. We're getting into the fall here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go yeah. one more transfusion. Nice. I like it. Yeah, I've got some Wild Leap as well with a uh, little mixer in there, and it's uh, I'm ready to go. So did you, you know, Ben told us, because we talked about the transfusion last week, that he used, uh, so this is Ben Little, Chalk Bomb Ben, he talked about using club soda and crystallized ginger or ginger strips, I believe. Did you did you switch to that method, or is he just crazy and out of his mind? No, because I'm not a I'm not a I'm not someone who you know plays with fire and and kicks animals and could, wets the bed. I'm not a serial killer, so no, I I did not do that. I don't even know. I didn't even know crystallized ginger was a thing. Neither. Um, no, so I'm I'm ginger ale, of course, tonight with the transfusion. Only way to go. Yeah, but yeah, let's just. I mean, the shortest off season ever. I mean, shortest it's so funny. Off season. I'm sitting here, so I'm traveling today back from Charlotte. I went to go see Directv. Uh, just had a new baby, so I got to meet little Will. And driving back, about a four and a half hour drive from Charlotte. Wait, way to go, Directv. Way to, way to um, use your penis in a yeah. good way. Really Ooh. good job. Great job. Um, so I'm listening to PGA Tour radio, and it's just funny how they're talking about it. That's the season-ending event. Blah, blah, blah. It's the season-ending this, season-ending yeah. that. And I'm like, guys, in a day, we're starting off anew. I mean, it's just – I mean, I know it's all COVID-related and everything yeah. else, but it's just – it just sounded mm. so ridiculous. Yep. 
New schedule came out last week for the rest of the events. 50, 50 events on the rotation. Um, it's going to be we're, we're going to be busy. Um, so that being said, actually, it makes sense to kind of get there. This week is another somewhat weird week for us, and Chalk Bomb Ben is traveling. We're getting in some, you know, last minute vacations before some of the kids go back to school. Um, it is not looking like we will have the Chalk Bomb email again this week. So no Chalk Bomb email. But unlike last week, all the articles will be up on the website this week at their regularly scheduled time. In fact, if you're listening to this right now, no matter when you're listening to it, the 10 key stats article is on tourjunkies.com and live. The stats you need to know every single week before you start your research, that's already up. Uh, my betting card will be up. Pat's FGS will be up. Big week for the FGS. We're in Napa. I mean, it's we're, a perfect week. Wine country. You know, perfect this is, this is the, where, where FGS really was birthed, just like William from your brother's loins the fgs was really birthed from your napa loins your yeah, napa it's nether I mean, regions. this is where it should shine this week it should shine yeah it should it, it should and then um, my pivot point article is going to be back on wednesday as well the players you need to pivot from on on DraftKings, on any form of dfs to get you a little ownership leverage so all that will be back the chalk bomb is going to have one more week off but it will be back bigger and badder and more awesome than ever for the u.s open next week i'm pumped about the u.s open um but yeah so that's a little bit about the schedule this week we will be in the nut hut on wednesday night back in the nut hut ready to go uh excited to mix it up with some nut hutters and also there's the nut hut finals that just went down the listener league finals and i think it's too soon it, it you know it's it's too it's too early to call all the all the final tabulations need to be calculated and made but I think we have a winner who's going to be hosted either in Savannah or in Augusta to play some golf with us at either Champions Retreat or the landings where you are. It's going to be a good time. New Nut Hut Listener League information coming out within the next week. We're not going to start that this week. It's going to start for the U.S. Open. We're going to structure it a little differently, make it more attainable for people to kind of, if they come in late in the season or you, 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 know, you didn't join the Nut Hut right off the bat and start earning points, uh, there will be there will be ways that you can still get in the finals next year. So it's going to be great. Stay tuned for that. Um, other than that, Pat, I mean, the tour championship is it was okay. It wasn't the greatest TV. The I mean, DJ did it. Uh, Xander was your was your low man without the handicap strokes. So if you bet on Xander, which I think we mentioned him on the show, and I know we mentioned him on Tour Junkies After Dark as a potential uh, bet there, but he had a great week. Um, but DJ wins fifteen he, million dollars. He just Xander just loves this course. Just does so well here. Um, but yeah, DJ. You know, I wanted DJ to win in the end. And, and here's what DJ did when he won fifteen million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, God, dog, dude. <laughs> but then he got Man. to hug Paulina. I tell you what, Paulina loves wearing those white short skirts. Yeah. For his victories. You, you know what? Same. I'm sure she woke up today and was like, you know what? Today's Labor Day. It's the last day I'm going to get to wear white. Uh, technically, yeah. you're not allowed to wear white pants or skirts, shorts after Labor Day. So she probably, I'm sure that's what was going through her head. I'm sure that's what was going through her head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty anti I mean, Xander so, kind of made it close there on the back nine, but it was a little anticlimactic for me. Rom couldn't hang on. Um, yeah. 
is, I mean, DJ is the hottest player in golf right now for sure. He should be the favorite heading into the U.S. Open. I don't think anybody should be favored above him. Um, so, yeah, he's he's hot right now. Faux show. That's all I got. That's all I really got about it. I don't really care about the rest of it. I don't. I don't really. Yeah, I'm ready to move I'm, on now. You know, truer words have likely not been spoken in the five years we've been doing this than when I opened the podcast last week and told the listeners we were mailing it in last week for <laughs> it was a total mailing because boy did we really actually mail it in guys if, we needed the break like <laughs> yeah we, we needed the break we hate that we hate the tour championship week from a dfs standpoint now i actually saw a bunch of screenshots already on facebook of a bunch of listeners winning a lot of money taking advantage of the week which is great if you like it that's awesome for you that is really awesome. and there may be some touts out there going hey this is a great week for you to get in there and you know everybody else is saying don't play you should play that's fine whatever I just don't like it. I don't. I don't like it. I would. I would. I would rather have weeks like this. If from a gambling DFS perspective, I'd rather have weeks like this, with a weak field, 155 players, 56 players, a ton of names people don't know anything about. I'd rather have that every day and twice on Sundays than than the Tour Championship from a DFS embedding standpoint. So we did mail it in last week. We apologize. It's- if you could screenshot the success of mailing it in, we re- we just blew everybody yeah. out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, so anyway, you can't say we didn't warn you because we totally warned you. If you were wondering where we were in the list in the Nut Hut, like we we were mailing it in. I should have put that in the at the top of the Nut Hut with the with the caddy insight. Just said, hey, m- mailing it in. Don't forget, be back Tuesday. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway. It is what it is. Let's move on. The Safeway Open in Napa, California. Pat, let's hear a little bit about the golf course, some key stats. Let's get into this. All right, let's go. Yes, we are at the Silverado Resort and Spa. This is the north course. It plays as a traditional par 72, just under 7,200 yards. Like you mentioned, we got 156 players this week. A top, top 65 in ties will make the cut. Uh, and it's not really a great field at all. And reason being, obviously, we're coming nope. off of the Tour Championship and we've got the U.S. Open next week. So there's a few guys here that they're – well, really there's not many, like, great names here. But no. they're here. They're here to play. Um, you've got Poa Greens uh, that should run very quick. We typically see Poa Greens when they get out on the West Coast. Um, I don't think the course is going to play all that difficult. I mean, if you look at the rankings over the years uh, versus other tour courses, it's kind of right in the middle of the pack around like 30th or so. Um, There's very few hazards that are in play on this course. The rough is Kentucky bluegrass. Um, uh, You've got, you know, Bermuda fairways. You know, it's it's a kind of a vintage tree line track. Um, And again, I think these guys are going to score a ton this week. There are several dog legs, though. That, tent, that can take the bombers, you know, take the driver out of the hands from some of the bombers. But I still think, as, as always, those guys are definitely going to have um, an advantage this week. But you do have to be pretty strategic off the tee. Um, I think as far as the greens are concerned, that's really where, you know, these guys are going to score. I mean, there's a lot of contour and undulation on these greens. They are going to run pretty quick, as, as, as I said. I'm going to be looking at strokes gain putting on POA greens. Uh, I think that's something that you definitely want to look at this week. I'm looking at form and course history. I'm looking at strokes gained off the tee and approach. And also the scoring stats, opportunities gained, par five scoring. The four, the four par fives out here, especially the guys with length, they can all hit them. 
in two. So I think that that's going to be important to score on these par fives. Um, looking at your past champs, you had camp ch past champs, Cam Champ. Yes, that is true. <laughs> and you had uh, Tway, then Brendan Steele, two years in a row, 2016 and 2017. And then Emiliano Grillo back in 2015 won this tournament. So there you go. Quick rundown for you, the listeners, and you, DB. DB, what do you got? Any, uh, any additions to that? Yeah, actually, um, I have some notes from last year's Safeway Open that I think are pertinent to this year because um, I, think, I think this year is going to shape up to look very similar to how last year played. So I do want to get to that in terms of the golf course. But for, uh, you know, our, I need to let our listeners know there's a little bit of urgency needed right now because the Chill Boys, you have one more week to get you a discount on some nice draws. Some nice draws for your, for your life sack and your, and your penis. Um, you can get those for the chill, from the Chill Boys. That's where we have been going. They've been taking care of us, taking care of the listeners on the podcast. Chillboys.com. They're Minnesota-based. Just some good guys that wanted some nice boxers and some nice briefs that would cool your parts, your man parts. And um, they created an anti-chafing zone for when you're in the heat and you're golfing and you feel like you're, you're going you're gonna to start a fire down there in a bad way because it's so hot and there's so much friction. Um, they got some bamboo boxers. And if you're like, dang, bamboo, that sounds weird. Well, guess what? You know, bamboo is a sign of wealth in a lot of uh, countries. I don't know if you know this. So if you could tell your lady, hey, be careful down there, because I do have some bamboo draws on, and I don't want to mess up the investment. So let's, let's, let's do this, but let's be careful, you know. And then she'll think you're, you're wealthy. So the chill boys can really deliver in more ways than one to help you deliver in that one way that you're trying to deliver in and keep your balls cool while they do it. They're lightweight. They're breathable. Uh, we like them. We, we really like them. I'm wearing them right now. I showed them on the, sh on the YouTube viewers the first week and Pat side texted me after and said, don't do that again. So I'm not, I'm trying not to show you my underwear again right now, but I, I like them. You can see the full line of their cool, soft, buttery soft boxers and boxer briefs and use promo code tour junkies to save 15% off your first order. Head over to chillboys.com, use code tour junkies, get 15% off your first order and you better hurry up because uh, that promo code is going to disappear. It's going to fly away. It's going to be gone. Um, so check that out for the chill boys. We appreciate those guys hooking it up. Now, as it pertains to last year, a couple of notes that I made uh, cut line was at two under Cam Champ ended up winning at 17 under. The golf course played firm and fast. We got some caddy insight last year uh, telling us this, this course is playing firm, playing fast, playing quick. These greens are, you know, really fast. It's going to be tough to hold them. And uh, in particular, one of the caddies told us uh, you're going to need to scramble well because the greens won't hold. You're going to need to get up and down. Well, actually, what happened is Cam Champ won, and you don't really think of Cam Champ as a good scrambler. You just know he's a bomber. Did you know that he led the field last year in driving distance, tee to green, strokes gained tee to green, and strokes gained around the greens, Pat? So he did – he hit a lot of drivers. I did take a note of that, too. I, I saw Cam hit a lot of drivers last year uh, despite the course playing firm and fast. So to me, that says, like, this: the rough's not that penal. You know, the bombers and the short hitters can play here. If it's going to play firm and fast, the short hitters will get plenty of run out. 
the bombers aren't going to be as worried about running through the fairways or getting into the rough. As far as we know right now on Monday, we'll definitely get some caddy insight from that as we've got a number of them on the ground this week. Uh, but I want to throw in strokes gain around the green as a key stat. Uh, I like your stroke gain approach number. I like the par five scoring number. This being a shorter par 72 where you've got a score, winning score somewhere between 16, 19 under. You know, I, I like I like guys that are going to take advantage of par fives here, um, you know, with four of them on offer. So uh, that's that's what I had written down, and uh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited. And I also noticed that uh, I wrote this down. The early wave on Thursday had a half a stroke advantage last week, probably due to a little softer conditions first thing in the morning, which we see all the time. That's not really new information. We do see that frequently, but I'm looking at the weather forecast and we don't really get into the weather a lot, you know, on the Monday show, but it's dry as a freaking bone the whole week. It, it ain't no rain. Like so if, if somebody like hits their ankle with their putter, which we've all done before, if you play golf enough Man, and they shed, they shed a tear because it hurts so bad that will be the, the most amount of rainfall, the most amount of water on the golf course the, the whole week. Uh, unless, they, you know, they're going to turn the sprinklers on. But other than that, that's it. So yeah. it's, uh, it's gonna, it looks to be very dry again this, this week, and we will get more information. So I think it's going to play very similar to last week. Last year, sorry. Um, let's get into this. You want let's, to? Let's do yeah. this. Oh, by the way. We were going to recap our our performance. You know, a lot of we get we get people that uh, chirp us sometimes, and they're like, "You guys, you guys don't even post like how good your picks do or how bad your picks do, whatever." And we're like, "Yeah, we do actually. We track it. We look at it every single week. We have a great tracking device. Our friend Tom actually tracks it for us." Uh, but I was going to go over that just a summary of how we did in the 2019-2020 season. It's shocking how close when you when you look at the numbers over that whole year and all those events. It's shocking how close our numbers are. It's it's really crazy. Now, granted, my numbers are mostly better than yours throughout the bag, but they're just marginally. And I would think they'd be way way more, way more better. I would think, but they're not. Um, but we are going to go over that. We're just going to move it to the end. So the the last segment tonight is just the tip. You're going to want to stick around for that. And then at the end, if people care, if you're the ones that are chirping us about it, we will give you a summary of how our picks on the podcast have done over the last year in terms of cash plays, GPP tournament plays, and fades, and how those plays have done and where me and Pat tend to do best. So, uh, yeah. With that, Pat, you ready to get into this now? Yeah, let's go. All right, 9K and above, we're going to give you three tournament plays we like, a cash play and a fade. I'll start. I'm going to start at the bottom, okay? I'm going to go HV3. I'm sure not many people are shocked by my Harold Varner the third selection, but he's played the Safeway every year in the last five years. He likes this golf tournament uh, with a, like, you know, T15, T14, T17 over that time. Hasn't missed a cut. Checks all the boxes in approach and around the greens. Hits it plenty long enough. Um, and actually his best putting surface, the only putting surface that he doesn't lose strokes is on POA. We did see him miss the cut at the Northern Trust, but a T7 at the Wyndham and a 29 at the PGA. I like the value at 9,100 on HV3, and he may be higher owned in this cat. I think he will be a little, a little chalky in this range, but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. This is one of those weeks where if you get somebody who's super chalky, there's this field is not strong enough. These players are these names are not good enough to eat a lot of chalk because 
no one is that good. So if he's too chalky, I, I might walk away, but we'll see. Uh, my next favorite play is going to be Shez Reevy, the old Chesticle at $9,600. Uh, I think has, has some, you know, a pretty solid history here as well. Worst finish over the last five years in five attempts at the Safeway is a 33rd, um, which he's finished the last two years, but T13 before that. Checks the boxes in fairways gained, uh, strokes gained approach, strokes gained around the green. He can hit all those. He's actually not a terrible par five scorer, despite being pretty short off the tee. Um, Poa is not his worst surface. It's not his best, but it's not his worst. He's a West Coast kind of Arizona guy. And I, I don't know. I feel like Shez is, you know, he's a name that you're like, I, I guess we need to say this because we say this every time we get a field like this. You know, it's going to be an uncomfortable week because you're going to think, why am I paying $9,600 for Shez Reevy? But that's what you get in a weak field. So if you're a newbie, welcome to weak field golf stuff. It's just what it is. Um, but I, I think Shez is a solid play. In fact, I am so willing to go as far as making him my cash play for the week as well out of this 9K range. So he's a tournament play and a cash play for me. Now, my final pick, I've moved quickly through those first two because I think this one may come as a surprise. I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. I kind of, like, got that um, that feeling in my mouth when, like, right before you're going to throw up and, like, all the saliva just rushes to your – I kind of got that feeling right there. But, um, listen, over the last – well – over the last 24 rounds, okay, he actually checks the box in approach, around the green, and scoring on par fives. He, he's really only sucking in terms of fairways gained, and he has no real record here to speak of. I don't think he's ever played here, actually, uh, at least not in the last five years. So <clears throat> no record here, but we all know what Jordan's got to do. Like, Jordan's got to find some form. He's searching. Uh, he sucked over the last few events. Um, his best finish recently was a T13 at the Memorial. But I like the fact – I think he's going to be low-owned, and I like the upside. If I'm going to uh, – yeah, it, with, with this kind of week, because there's not a whole lot of sure things here in this week, in this field, I want to make sure that I at least have upside. I want good upside with guys. And I think Spieth gives me, in this field, top 10 upside. Is it likely? I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like he could give me top 10 upside. Um, so I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth in the, uh, in the final GPP spot. And then my fade, I mean, I kind of have, I, I kind of have a, I kind of have one and a half fades, hmm. one and a half fades. I am going to for sure fade Brant Snedeker. Um, he's got a, you know, got a good record here. Really, really good record at the Safeway. Runner-up a couple years ago. I get it. Um, but he, he sucks lately. He, he's, his form is not there. He – and I know he's a West Coast, kind of POA. He plays well on those. But he checks no other boxes. He's not scoring on par fives. The, the, the birdie or better numbers are not good for Sneds. I just don't want to get sucked up into the course history narrative with Brant Snedeker at 9,300. Again, I feel like limited upside. Does he have a – probably have an equal or better chance of actually just making the cut as Jordan? Probably. Um, but do, do I think he, his chances of a top 10 or top 15 are as good as Jordan? I don't know that they, I don't know that they are um, personally, but that's just my opinion. 
my my half like beware fade is going to be Joel Damon because you know he's had a week off and we all know what Joel does on a week off um so we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens we'll, we'll probably have some insight into how Joel's doing on Wednesday and we can let you know in the nut hut um but I just know that usually when Joel has a week off after a lot of golf which he has played a lot of events in a row before that you know he's got the U.S. Open next week he, he's probably he, I know he loves Napa he loves wine um I just I, I want to be careful with Joel because yeah that's it that's it for me Okay. Well, there's a lot of agreement there. Um, I'll start with where there is agreement. Um, HV3, I had him as a GPP play. Um, I had Reavy as a cash play, but I could see, again, where you'd play him in GPPs as Me well. Me too. So, so our cash play is the same. Go ahead and get those out of the way. Um, at the top, though, over 10, I'm going with Shane Lowry at 10-2. I think this is a good spot for him. Now, he is coming off of a, you know, a miscut at the uh, at the Northern Trust back a couple weeks ago. But before that, he was playing really well. I mean, he's T23 at the Wyndham. You know, PGA wasn't great, T66, but then a top 10 at the WGC, St. Jude. I, I like Shane Lowry this week. He's, you know, doesn't have – well, at least in the last five years, has zero history here. But, I mean, just looking at the stats for him, you know, checks the box and ball striking and approach, also par five scoring and birdie or better percentage – you know, he's also, I think, actually, yeah, Poa is his best surface. So if you look at the way he's played the last few weeks, he really hasn't putted all that well. But at least he's back on a surface that he's a little bit he's, – he's more comfortable on. So I like Lowry here this week at 10-2. So he will be another GPP play of mine. My last GPP play will be Eric Van Royen. Yes, EVR going with him at 9,400. I like him this week. You look at the chat, at the stats, he checks the box off the tee. He's top 10 in the field, 16th in ball striking, checks the box in approach and birdie or better percentage. He's also top 10 in the field in par five scoring. So I like some Eric Van Royen. Um, history here, again, another guy that doesn't have any history here, but that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. We haven't seen him since the PGA Championship where he, met, he finished T51, but had a top 20 before that. Um, I'll be interested to see where ownership is. I don't think it's going to be that high for him. So I like him as a tournament play. My fade is going to be Siwoo at the very top. And that's because I never can get Siwoo right. And I feel like he's too inconsistent. And I know he's been playing great lately. I mean, he had that T3 at the Wyndham. You know, see, was, I'm a little tempted by Siwoo. I'm a little tempted. I, I think he's, he's checking boxes. Look, I'm not – I just feel like Well, Siwoo I think the is, smart play – I, th I think the smart numbers play is to fade him. I, and I think yeah. that's, pr I think if Ben were here in his high and mighty statistical self, <laughs> he'd be like, guys, guys, uh, he's Siwoo Kim. He's not Dustin Johnson. He's the highest priced guy. He's going to have to return a T7 or better value. The odds, the implied odds of him doing that are, you know, 2.4%. And, uh, it's not likely. It's not like, you know, I think that's what he would say, it, which I get with, with my head. I get, but he is playing really well. He does score. He's very aggressive. Um, and he's going to get, he's, he's going to go totally. I mean, I think most people are going to fade him like a lot of, he's going to be, I, I, I bet he's he, sub 10%. I think he's 
I bet he is low owned, and so that we'll see where that is. I mean, he has played here twice in the last five years. He was T forty nine last year, and he missed the cut before that. So, again, not a great, not great history here as well. Um, but I just, I just see him as a good fade this week. I mean, I yeah. had a one, I had a one A and one B too, but I thought that you would go with this. I, I think Matt Kuchar is possible is the one B. I'm just, I just, Kuch is just not. We're giving out bonus fades already. What? Bonus fade. We're giving out too many bonus fades right now. We're going to get ourselves well, I mean, in you trouble. you had one? I know, I know, I know. Mine was like a cautionary tale, though. Mine was just saying, like, yeah, you know, if Wednesday we hear information about Joel that is positive, then I'd be like, okay, you know. But um, it just sets up as a week that is not going to be good. Uh, let's go to the 8K range, Pat. I absolutely love the 8K range. It's going to be a range that I, I'm going to have a core, a core of amount of players in here. I'm sure that you can name the first player that I, I can name the have. first player. And I have, I like this, this one as well. As a matter of fact, I had a bonus one in here and I shouldn't, I, I guess I won't say it since you're, who's, who's, who is it? A bonus one is Mark Hubbard at the very bottom at 8,100. That's, that's okay. I thought you, I, I was saying like who's like my one that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. Oh, I know you're gonna go with Mr. Cameron Davis at 89. Absolutely, the Australian he, Cameron Davis, tall, lanky son of a gun, hits it a mile. Yeah. Uh, absolutely love Cam Davis here. Love the par five scoring ability. Love the recent form, the driving distance, the approach play. Checks the box there. He's finished 17th here a couple of years ago. Uh, around the green play is not bad either. Um, I mean, you talk about a guy who fits a Cam Champ profile. It's Cameron Davis. It's Everything Cameron about Davis. him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's not bad on POA. It's not his best surface. It's not his worst. Love Cam at 8,900. Uh, and, and if he's chalk, he's going to be tough for me to avoid because I just have a soft spot in my heart for him. And then, so in the AK range, in terms of tournament plays, I'm going with two of, I, I think, the two highest upside players that both happen to be absolute long dong bombers okay Cameron Davis is the first one the second one may be top five longest guy on the PGA Tour and that's Will Gordon um, at 8200 Will Gordon has shown a lot of promise in a couple of events and then he's missed cuts like this is where this is upside city right here this is this is a high ceiling low trunk slam and floor for a guy at 8200 but it's a weak field his best surface is POA uh, on the limited events that we've seen him play. His best surface is POA. That's a very limited number. Checks the box in par five scoring and driving distance. Uh, we saw him finish third at the Travelers, which is a scoring fest. 27th at the Wyndham. Love Will Gordon here. You know, I went back and looked. This is normally, the, you know, one of those events that we see the Corn Ferry Tour players, like, come up and, and play their first event on the PJ Tour. And there's a handful of them every year that finish in the top ten. And, you know, if I if I – we're not going to have that this year, but if I think of Will Gordon like that, but actually he's got more experience because he's played more PGA Tour events, I could totally see him not only finishing top 10, I could see him winning this golf tournament. He also fits that Cam Champ, Brendan Steele kind of profile. Hit it a long way, putt well on POA, um, score on par fives, you know, and, and, and get up and down at a slightly higher clip than you normally do. And, and, he, and he wins. Like, that's just the potential that he has. So, to me, Gordon and Davis, two of your higher upside plays in this range by far. 
um, but dangerously low floors. Now, a guy that I don't think has a dangerously low floor at all is my cash play, and you already mentioned him, and that's Mark Hubbard. I think Hubbard at 8,100 is a cash lock. Great form right now, riding a lot of confidence. He doesn't check a lot of boxes, honestly. He's not checking the distance box. He doesn't, he, he's not a great scrambler, but he doesn't usually have to. Um, and, hell, I mean, he's so good with his putter. I mean, if, he's, if he can put a flat stick on it and he's off the green, he should. So he's just that good with his putter. But I think he's just confident. The form is good. The floor is good. He putts well on POA. I think Mark Hubbard makes a lot of sense. And my fade is overpriced name, name guy Keegan. Name guy because people recognize Keegan Bradley's name. $8,800 I think is terrible. I, no, I don't want to pay that for him. Yes, he finished 29th at the Northern Trust. That was a Boston event. He's a Boston guy, hometown deal. He, he's going to show up for that. Before that, he sucks. He sucks. He, he's, he's terrible. I, I, Keegan is gone. He's gone. He loses strokes on every putting surface possible, including POA. He checks – the only box he checks is iron play. He hit it a little bit. But I think 8800 is way too much money to pay for Keegan, even in this field. If he were 7800 maybe. But 8,800 is I'm not I'm not buying it. I like the 8K range too much. I, I'm not gonna play Keegan Bradley. Okay. Um, who was your cash play, by the way? Mark Hubbard. Oh yeah, Hubbard. Um, okay. Well, I like that. Um, Some yeah. Well, my cash play, as you might could imagine, is Bud Colley at 86. Yeah, Bo. I like Bud Colley. I mean, He's made his last – I mean, he's made the cut in his last four starts here. Um, you, you look at the stats, I mean, he's checking the box around the green. He's second in the field over the last 24 rounds in scrambling. He's 18th in opportunities gained. Um, I mean, he's, he's a guy that's just – you know, he's been very consistent lately. He did miss the cut in his last event at the Northern Trust, but a top 15 at the Wyndham before that and a T37 at the PGA Championship. So I like Collie at 8,600. I think he's a, he's, he's a solid just cash play. You could even play him in tournaments as well. My tournament play is a little out there, and this is just because I feel like doing it. And I think it's going to be a week for this. And I haven't mentioned this guy in a long, long time, I don't think. Danny Lee at 8,300. He, he withdrew, Pat. Damn it. <laughs> why do you why do you do that like what what are you doing this is this is like what, what are you doing well i've been traveling all day sometimes i miss these things oh you know who else put... is out who yeah, actually more people have been out since i've since i looked last okay here's who's who out else is it? all right danny lee out he was the first one out so of any of them you should have freaking known it was him seven hours ago he was announced hey whoa, 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 whoa wait a second I was on the road for five hours today and never never checked Twitter one time. So I don't want you I don't want to hear that. And Fantasy National should have it up there. Drives me crazy. Okay. Jimmy Walker out. Um Bronson Burgoon out. Um Matt Kuchar out. See, so my fade already worked. What a great fade for this week for me. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so okay. Anyway, so Danny Lee. Gonna go with Collie there for my GPP play, and uh, my fade's going to be Glover. Is he out? Is Glover out? Will that be a good Glover fade? is in, as far as I know. Yeah, I'm fading Glover. And this is last four straight cuts. It, it's look, look. He's a guy that's going. to I think that's a dangerous fade. I think I think he could be all right. Well, he's he. 
he is absolutely awful putting on POA. He is 140th in the field in putting on POA. Now, he's not a great putter in general anyway. Yeah. But and I think he is going to check a few boxes, but he's not he's not playing all that well lately. So, you know, you're talking like four straight miscuts. It's not By the good. way, can I just can I have like a small, like very small mini like putter throw moment right here? Yeah. I I, I tweeted something about Lucas Glover and kind of poked fun at his at his wife today. And a couple yeah, of people, diehard people talked about how it's wrong i shouldn't be making fun of domestic violence that way and i'm thinking to myself do these people ever have they ever gone attended a comedy show or like i've been binge watching a lot of comedy specials on netflix lately by the way rob schneider's is surprisingly funny i never would have thought i would have liked rob schneider's uh stand-up but rob schneider's new comedy special on netflix is very funny i love bill burr i love theo vaughn dave chappelle um, uh, Ricky Gervais. I love these. It, do the same people that get pissed at me about a subtle jab at Lucas Glover's batch crazy wife because it's, I sh- you should make fun of domestic violence? Do, do they do they spend their days tweeting comedians about stuff that they make fun? Like, and I'm not I'm not saying I'm a comedian. It's not a sta- it's not stand up comedy, but it's like. It's just a joke, man. Like it's just a joke. Can we all just fucking chill and just have a have a joke? His wife is nuts. Like she just is. Do I think she should abuse him? No, I think that's terrible. No, but she's crazy, and I just made a joke. I don't so think are, you're allowed to joke these days. God, I'm like, or you have to hey. be very careful about your jokes. Um, I mean, I just watched I just watched Ricky Gervais's stand up from two years ago again, like for the third time. It's hilarious. And but I don't. How, there's no way these people on Twitter could possibly get through four minutes of it without losing their mind. Well, I just mentioned that I didn't watch see a lot of Twitter today, but I did see those reactions to your <laughs> Twitter uh, posts, and I was kind of thinking along the same way, ways as you are, but. Um, Oh, is it All because right. it's a Safeway Open though that you don't get these updates? Or I mean, I, like I'm like this is a real thing for me now because I just was, went looking on the DK app, and you don't see Danny Lee being shown as out. You don't see Kuchar shown as an out. Like, do they just decide like in weeks like this? Because if it's a major week, that's not happening. They're they're no, getting on we, there and they're putting them. They're putting that up there. We've definitely seen this though. This I mean, we're gonna get to it when we get to the sports book section of tonight. Like everybody's just punting the the Safeway until tomorrow, I guess, because hardly any of the bookmakers had odds up. Yeah. DK didn't have a lot of odds up. Pricing was out. Pricing was actually out pretty early, but uh, other content sites and you know, uh, it just took them forever. So I don't know. I guess they are. I guess they're. I guess they are. Um. Okay, well that's that's my horse, my high horse for tonight. Um, okay. Hey, right, before seven K range, before we get to the seven K, uh, Pat, me and you both have been hitting this uh, holistic wellness CBD stuff that they sent us. We actually just interviewed uh, Chip McDaniel, who played. You, you're like, who is Chip McDaniel? Well, let me just tell you, he has won at every level. I actually think Chip McDaniel is going to be a a good player on the PJ Tour one of these days. He's won in high school. He's won a state am in high school. He won at the collegiate level at University of Kentucky, All-American, um, won three times at UK. He's on the Corn Ferry Tour right now and playing really, really well with some consecutive, like really good consecutive starts. 
Uh, we just interviewed him, just dropped that podcast on Monday today. Uh, and he's, we actually met him through our holistic CBD uh, connection. Uh, great dude, but he's using it on the golf course. I started using it on the golf course. You've, I don't know when you're using it. I think for sleeping or for your digestion because you're old and your bowels don't move as good anymore. No, it's more they have digestion. The digestion one. Does it help no, it's you? It's recovery. It's recovery. I mean, I, I do some workouts every now and then, and I like the recovery oh, ones. Using the recovery and one. I, I think of the recovery ones as recovering from hangovers. So that <laughs> yes, helps me right, as well. Right. That does. So. You can recover from hangovers or working out. Um, they have the sleep one, the stress one, the recover, the beauty and the digest. Uh, I like the stress and the sleep cause I have a hard time sleeping and I also like the stress just to relax me. That's the one I do on the golf course. Chip also does that one on the golf course, but the way this thing works is they get, they send you these little sticks and you pop it open and you pour the CBD into any drink, water, coffee, beer, literally any drink you want. You can pour it in there, stir it up, shake it up, whatever drink it and because it's water soluble it gets to you quicker than a lot of other cbd products it starts working faster within 10 15 20 minutes at the most it starts working um and they 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 grow all the cbd in their own greenhouse so it's natural it's start to finish they, they manage the whole process it's clean um great product holisticwellness.com is where you need to go and if you listen to the chip mcdaniel episode there's a little contest that we can, that we put out there on Instagram and you can hear all the details on the Chip McDaniel episode where the winner is going to get a 30 minute virtual chipping lesson with chip. Isn't that quippy? Isn't that really quippy? So if you want a 30 minute chipping lesson with chip, then uh, you got to go listen to the episode, then do the contest on Instagram. It's pretty cool. Uh, but we, we appreciate our friends at holistic wellness. So here's what you got to do. If you want to cash in, go to holisticwellness.com. H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, holistic with a K, all right? Enter promo code TJ25, and you get 25% off any purchase, any purchase. You can buy all the sleep and poopy digestion and, uh, you know, recovery from hangover, CBD sticks that you want, and you get 25% off. That's holistic with a K, holisticwellness.com, promo code TJ25. Get your stick today. Get your stick today, brother. Pat disappeared. Um, okay, no, he probably wanted to get a refill. Oh, okay, he's back. He's back. Uh, all right, 7K range. Critical range here for DraftKings. Um, I, okay, tough time narrowing it down, but here we go. Um, I'm going to start with Cameron Tringali, $7,500, the third-ranked player in this field in strokes gained approach over the last 24 rounds. He's a fantastic iron player. 23rd in this field in strokes gained around the green and 25th in par 5 scoring over the last 24 rounds. Guess what? His best putting surface over his entire PGA Tour career? POA. Finished 29th at the Northern Trust a couple weeks ago. DQ'd at the PGA for doing something stupid. And T3 at the 3M Open. So I think Tringali gives you a lot of upside there. I like him. Then I'm going to go down to Luke List, which I tried to talk myself out of Luke List, but I kept coming back. It, it, kept, it kept pulling me, okay? Luke hits the ball a long way, uh, checks the box in iron play, checks the box in strokes game around the approach, uh, checks the box in strokes game par five, checks all the boxes, okay? Best putting surface is Poa. He's a California guy. He lives in Augusta right now, yes, but he is a California guy. and um, 
and he's played here a few times with a pretty decent record. Last year was his first missed cut ever at the Safeway, finished T4 the year before that, T37, T26 in the previous years. I like Luke at 7,400, another high upside guy. You'll see the theme throughout my picks this week. Then, I, I, you know, you guys know he's, he's almost like my – he's my uh, – He's my Cameron Davis, my American Cam Davis, and that's Taylor Gooch. The Gooch is loose for me just about every week he plays. Um, I just like the scoring ability. He scores really well on par fives. He's got great irons. Doesn't hit the ball a super long way, but he hits a decent amount of fairways, and he makes up for it with iron play. Best putting surface is POA over his PGA Tour career. He's made the cut both times he's played here. No, no real finishes to speak of that are too fancy, but – um, a lot of upside. I mean, in his last five starts, he's got two 18th place finishes and a 25th. So a lot of upside for Gooch. And my cash play is Tringali. I'm I'm rolling with Tringali and cash. My fade is going to be Old Man Furyk. Um, decent record here at the uh, at the Safeway. Uh, 17, I guess, the last time he played it. Seems to check a lot of boxes. I'm sure for for some people, but for me. Um, you know, scrambling is not great. Uh, around the green play is not, you know, not, not great distance. He's obviously got none. Um, recent form, not great. I just think another year has gone by. Furyk's getting older. These guys are getting younger. So I'm out on 7,700 Furyk. 6,700 Furyk. $7,000 Furyk. Maybe he's not my fave. 7,700 Furyk? No, thank you. So that's it for me. Wow. Hey. Okay, there is so much agreement here. In this oh, really? Range. I'm going to go get a refill. If No, I'm going to wait. Okay, go ahead. I don't want to. I mean, I'm I don't. Kind of and I think what this tells you is I think there are some just clear-cut guys, especially in the 7K range, um, that just jump out at you as being so good, so much better in this field than than some of the rest of the guys here. But I'm totally with you. I had Tringali as my cash and a GPP play. So for all the same reasons that you said, I don't really need to get into that. I mean, Tringali's just been so solid. He's made 15 of 18 cuts this year. So I love them either in cash and GPP or in GPPs. I was like you. I was with, like I, I didn't want to play Luke List, but he just I think this is a good course for him, and he's played pretty well recently. So I had him as a tournament play as well, and Taylor Gooch. Wow. So I mean, a clean this is more agree- I mean, it, we didn't have. We a, never a get clean that. Sweep. I don't know if I missed one of yours while I was away, but I I, I don't think I did. But. Um, at the top, though, I do like some Denny McCarthy at 7,900. Checks the box and birdie or better percentage. He's top 10 in the field there. Also checks the box and approach. We've seen him play, you know, pretty well lately. You look at his last, um, you know, he's made the cut in his last four starts with the top 10 at the Wyndham. He's played here. Um, oh, he's missed a cut here twice. Sorry. About, well, I, I take that away. He had a great course history here. But I do like some Denny McCarthy at 7,900. And he putts extremely well on POA greens. He is 20th in the field in putting on POA as well. So I think if you just look at the recent form with him, the stats, everything, I like him at 7,900. I think he'll be low-owned as well. So he will be my last tournament play. And my fade is going to be another guy, not like Furick, who's a name. I mean, Furick is like, I think more of a name than Brandon Grace, but Brandon Grace has been terrible lately. And I don't see why at all he's at 7,600. Um, he's missed his last six straight cuts. Um, you look at the stats, I mean, they're all bad for him. 
So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get suckered into some some Brandon Grace this week at 7600. I don't think a lot of people will, but I'm still gonna fade him anyway. Well, that's good for you. I mean, you're a recovering Brandon Grace aholic. You usually, you usually I really like am. I'm, he I'm, your, he I'm now on the road to recovery, and uh, I'm not gonna play him. So there you go. Okay, why don't I you start the six this week? Yeah. 6K, I'm going to start at the top two with uh, Adam Schink at 6,900. Uh, I think he's a good play. I mean, you look at um, you look at the stats for him. Hang on. Let me get down to him. Oh, wow. Adam Schink. Are you prepared he's ninth for this? in the field off the, off the tee. He's 30th in ball striking, 34th in birdie or better percentage. He is 7th in par 5 scoring. Also, Adam Schink. <laughs> Hadn't been playing all that terrible lately as well. You know, made his last three cuts. He's not a guy that's going to like, I mean, he's not going to like top 10 it or anything, but I mean, at 6,900, all you really need to do is have it, you know, make the cut and have a decent finish. He's, he's made his last five 55th. cuts. Huh? He's made his last five cuts. That I that's what I'm saying. Oh, you said three. Well, I'm just looking at the last three. Okay. Anyway. Um, so I do like some Adam Schink at 6,900. I think he is a good play this week. Um, is he one that you have? By the way, he did finish the top 15 here two years ago. Um, two missed cuts, but did have a top 15 as well. Um, last guy I'll mention is a guy that you were on. Two guys. Okay. I only have two guys in here uh, that you were on a few weeks ago, and that is Chris Baker at 6,400. Yes. Now, I like he did Baker. miss a cut. Did miss a cut in his only start here last year, but he's made five straight cuts. He puts well on POA. If you look at the stats for him, they're also just, I mean, for a guy this cheap, very good. Top 30 off the tee, 10th in ball striking, ninth in strokes gained approach. He's top 30 in opportunities gained, birdie or better percentage, and par five scoring. So Chris Baker, I think, is a steal down there at 6,400. I like him to play extreme, play well this week. So – that will be my last 6K guy. I may have a bonus after you go, but uh, I'll let oh, you go. okay. I like Baker a lot. Uh, European Tour guy that a lot of people just don't know the name. So I, I think he gives you some some good a good high floor to be so cheap. Uh, all right, I'm going to start with a few guys, but I'm going to save my absolute favorite play in this range for last. Okay. Um, I'm looking at Hudson Swafford. Which I haven't said his name in a while, but uh, Hudson Swafford. I mean, sixty-five hundred bucks. His best putting surface over his PGA Tour career by a mile is Poa. J- you know, again, very back and forth over the last re- you know a recent form. Thirtieth at the Rocket Mortgage, a bunch of missed cuts since the restart. Other than that, did finish twenty-first at the Honda. He's got a top ten and a top twenty here over the last four attempts here at the Safeway. Checks, his, checks the boxes in around the green, distance, par five scoring. Strokes gained approach isn't bad either. So, you know, Hudson's not a bad move for 65 hunch. Don't mind that one at all. You know I like my boy Seamus Power. Uh, hits yeah, the ball plenty go far. Round. Likes to score on the par fives. Can chip it all over these greens. Good good uh, recent form too. I mean, like look at the recent form finishes for, for Seamus Power. If you got those same kind of finishes out of him at 6,700, you'd be pretty excited. He's never made a cut at the Safeway out of three attempts, which kind of sucks. But uh, weak field, Seamus Power, I, I like it. He's going to score. This is a scoring 
scoring fest. So I'm, I'm here for it. Just an honorable mention name that I think people should know is Bryson Nimmer. He's like a, a good Bryson, not a douche Bryson. Clemson guy. Um, Clemson guy. Uh, well, formerly Clemson guy. He's playing on that PJ Tour local IQ series, and in his last four events, he's won twice, and he's got a runner-up in his last four events. He's leading that local IQ series by a mile. Um, so, yeah, he's he's uh, he's a talented kid, talented, talented player. He got a sponsor's exemption into this week's field. Just a name to look out for, and maybe in a you know maybe it worth a flyer. I mean, I, I don't know. It tells you something that he's sixty eight hundred too. It does, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and actually, when you look at yeah, when you look at Vegas odds, like you look at odds on some of these other sites, like he's up there. I mean, he's he's priced where the odds would have him priced. He's around the same names that that you would suspect when you look at the odds. All right, my favorite play in this range is JB Holmes. I mean, six. <laughs> 69. I knew you were going to do this, and I was sitting here. I had him written down. I was like, J.B. Holmes, J.B. Holmes. But he's coming off of an injury, and all – I mean, but he has actually played pretty well this year, considering. But yeah. I just could not do it. I could not do it. And I'm, I'm glad you're mentioning I mean, him. I need, I need some more. I need some more here from you about J.B. Let's go. Let's go. Well, I mean, obviously the injury situation is uh, – I guess something to pay attention to. I don't think he would be playing though. If I don't think he'd be playing if, if he was, if he was hurt, like what's the reason to play the Safeway open the first event of a new PJ tour season? Like what's the reason to play if, if so, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with it. Um, but I mean, this is a guy who, the, who before the restart before COVID a 14th at the at Pebble beach at the pro-am 16th at the waste management 16th at the farmers. You know what I mean? And don't forget, the guy won the Genesis last year. He loves the West Coast. He finished ninth at the Safeway. I think it was ninth. Was it ninth? Where did he finish at the Safeway last year? Uh, yeah, ninth at the Safeway last year. Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of upside with J.B. Holmes. Obviously, hits the ball far, does play the par fives well, decent scrambler. POA is the only surface that he actually gained strokes on over his PJ Tour career, which is probably why he's got so many you know, good finishes on West Coast POA events. Um, I just think upside. You know, you're talking about upside. J.B. Holmes could win this golf tournament. Like, he's won in the last 12 months, people. So, like, he's one of the few guys that I think could do that. So, I mean, m- maybe we'll get some caddy insight on J.B. I don't, I don't, we don't know his caddy. We don't know him, but. Again, I, I just find it hard to believe that he would choose to play the safe way if he were still hurt, you know? Um, and he's had a lot of time to figure it out, a lot of time to rest. He tried to play the workday charity and ended up withdrawing, but that was, that's been weeks ago. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll do some more research on JB, didn't but I think he, that's if, a name if, to look at. If I remember correctly, didn't he in the workday, like, start off extremely well? And then I don't know if something happened with the injury or whatever, and then it just – and then he mm. withdrew because I think he only got one round in in the work today. I may be wrong, but I, he started off like three or four under through like his first five or six holes. And then I, I don't know. I, I I can be fact checked on that, but there was something about Holmes recently in one of his more recent events where he started off really well and then just. Okay. He started, happened. he shot a one over 73, which I believe 
Well, I don't, I don't remember the work day. The work day played a little easier, didn't it? Or no, yeah, I know it was easier than the Memorial, but the um, he withdrew because of a, citing a shoulder injury. Um, yeah, cited shoulder injury, shot a seventy, a, a one over seventy three. Anyway, I feel like he started off really well in that event, but I could be wrong. Um. Oh, okay, yeah. He okay, you're right. He roared into so this is according to Roto World. He roared into the early lead with five birdies in his first eleven holes on Thursday, yeah. but faded right. with four bogeys and a double. Um, I guess that's on his way to the seventy three. So yeah. I mean, again, I guess there's risk, but we'll find out. I mean, I just think there's a lot of upside there. So something to pay attention to. All right. That's the DFS portion for tonight. Let's talk a little uh let's talk a little sports book. Now, we have a little something new tonight because there's no DK sports book odds out. And we have a new relationship with pointsbet.com, a totally legal if you're in the proper states um sports book website with uh, a lot of traditional golf bets and they actually they actually really value golf but they also have some very unique ways you can bet on golf we won't get on you know we won't get into here on the podcast but you can check it out if you go to pointsbet.com really cool unique ways to bet on golf uh, but they were the only ones we could find traditional odds for before this show tonight and we actually happen to have a couple promo codes for points bet. So if you are in one of those states where betting is legal, sports betting has been legalized, legislation has been passed through, and you can log on to points bet, you can help the tour junkies out while helping yourself out and set up a new account. Listen, you're going to need books. You're going to need multiple books to be able to shop the lines week in and week out for golf. Points bet needs to be one of them. Uh, if you use promo code TJ250, TJ250, then you can get up to, if you deposit $250, you can get up to $500 back uh, to play with. If you deposit $50, you can get $150 to play with. Uh, you, can, you can check that out. I'm also going to put the link to that promo in the description of the podcast uh, description right here. So check that out. If you want to click on the link, just check out the podcast description. But uh, PointsBet has some early odds out for this week, Pat. Let's talk about some names. Now, I don't think there's – well, there's one name in here that I kind of noticed, I kind of looked at on points bet that we did not mention in the DFS portion. But from a sports betting standpoint this week, uh, you know I'm always going to go for the long shots. But this week in particular, I just – I don't see how you – I just don't – there's not a point in betting – the shorter names 20 to one off the board because there's just no clear tier. You know, there, there's not a clear tier of players in this weak field that I think is worth the units on. So um, the shortest number that I'm going to go to is my favorite Aussie Cam Davis, the long hitting par five scoring Cam Davis at 40 to one, who I think is primed to win for the first time on the PJ tour. He's been so hot lately. Uh, he's where I'm going to start. I'm going to move back to 60 to one and hit 
Will Gordon and Cam Tringali, who I've mentioned on the DFS portion as well. Uh, both great iron players. Will Gordon, one of the longest hitters on tour, takes advantage of the par fives. New kind of basically a rookie on the PJ Tour. Cam, an established player. He's been in the hunt before. He's, he's nearly closed it out a couple times in his career. Both, both players have a tremendous amount of upside. 60 to 1, I like the number. Um, the one name that I didn't mention on the podcast for the DFS portion that I like for betting is Patrick Rogers. He scares me a little bit in DFS, but Patrick Rogers has contended for wins on the PGA Tour. He, I feel like the win equity is there. I just don't ever seem to get him right in DFS, and the floor is very much a miscut. But at 70-1, to 1, I like the win equity of Patrick Rogers. Um, then I'm getting into your long shots. J.B. Holmes, who I think coming off the shoulder injury, we'll see how it goes. But 100-1 to 1 for a multiple PGA Tour winner that loves POA and hits it a long way and eats up par fives. I think 100 to 1 for JB is very interesting. But again, I might hold off on this bet until maybe Wednesday, see if we can get some intel on that injury, see how he's playing. But I just don't see how he shows up to the safe way for whatever reason if he's hurt. And then my boy Seamus Power at 150 to 1. Love Seamus at 150 to 1. I'm going to always throw a little quarter unit on him at 150 to 1 on a course with four par fives. That's that he can take advantage of his length and the par five scoring. I'll do that all day long. And then you mentioned him, Chris Baker, the European tour player, 200 to one for Chris Baker is a nice number. If you can find an each way bet on Chris Baker, I love that actually like a top five each way. Um, doesn't get into a lot of trouble. Good iron player, very accurate off the tee. Very, very good player that a lot of people on state side just don't aren't aware of, but at 200 to one, I really like Baker. So that's, that's just some first looks that I got here at the old sports book. Well, I had a se several of uh, the same ones that you did as, as we had, you know, as far as DFS plays. Um, but the shortest guy I'll go with is one of my favorite plays over 10K this week, which was Shane Lowry. I do like him at 25 to 1. I like Shez Reavy at 33 to 1. I think that's a good play as well. And then I kind of jumped into that Cam Davis week. I was there at 40 to 1. But instead of Tringali and, you know, who you mentioned, um, I'm going to go with Luke List at 60 to 1. I think he, that's a good number for him as well. The longest odds, guys, I did like Baker at 200 to 1. I was there with you. I didn't mention him on the pod, and this is just kind of – or on the – as far as the DFS portion, but I think this is just kind of a, a hunch play. But 100 to 1, Wyndham Clark, super long off the tee. I think that could be a you know just a guy that you know could come out of nowhere and win this week. Um, so I like him as well. So those that's that's probably you know Baker at two hundred to one was was my longest odds guy. I wish Wyndham Clark would just one day meet his potential. You know, I mean the guy hits it so he's far. He's got so much potential. He's right. one of the best. And what's crazy is, you know, most of the time you you have a super long hitter that can't putt worth worth the crap. Or you have a guy who can putt incredibly like a Brant Snedeker or a, you know, a Brian Harmon, and they can't hit it far. Wyndham Clark can actually hit it a long way, and he's one of the best putters on the PJ Tour and has been for years. He can't hit his irons or chip, which I'm like, that should be very easy to fix. He's got a tremendous amount of upside if he can figure that out. I don't know how you can be so good with the driver – and you just can't hit your irons worth worth crap. 
and he can't fig- he can't go to like a chipping guru and get that straightened out. Yeah. But he's one of the best putters, and he does feel like he should. He has the the game as long as he hits it, and as good as he is on the greens, he has the game for to win on the PJ Tour. Um, yeah, I mean it's it sucks because like even points bet, there's no top tens, no top twenties out at least not right now. I don't think. Um, yeah, it's it's so weird when you have a, 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 a well, we don't have that many Monday finish like this. Yeah. I mean, you don't have that much, and so I think they're just everybody's focused on that. And then on top of that, you know, there's some good NFL you know deals going on, on points bet right now also. So I mean, with NFL starting this week, there's a lot of attention, you know, being you know focused yeah. on that. So. Which, by the way, our promo code still applies. If you want to just bet on the NFL, you can do all that. Um, yeah, but there's just no head-to-heads. There's no top 10s out right now, no top 20s. It's just outright guys. So what? who was your shortest odds player again? Who was the shortest number you went? Shane Lowry at 25 to 1. Okay, so you went with a 25 to 1. Um, I mean, I don't hate Shane Mickelson, Lowry. Mickelson, by I, the way, you're not we, – we, I think we need to mention him. We haven't even mentioned him one time. He was playing this event – Unless he withdrew, you know, and I didn't know about it, which is entirely not. Yeah, apparently he's still in it. Yeah, he's at twenty to one. He is the favorite at twenty to one, which is very unusual for an event to have the favorite be twenty to one. Like usually, if we have a decent field, it's you know ten to one or less. But I can't put any money on Mickelson at twenty to one. (laughs) No, I mean he he has played this event very well. Uh, he yeah. just won on the Champions Tour at like two and a half to one, which he should have. Um, yeah, see, that's that's the thing is like normally if you're betting somebody that's twenty to one, you know, you're betting a, a Xander Shoffley or a Colin Morikawa or you know um, somebody like that. You know, even Bryson lately has gotten there in some of these strong, strong events. And you just don't Hell, have the DJ same Hell, DJ was level. 20 to 1 a few weeks ago before he started yeah. going nuts. Yeah, I mean, I mean we, we hit Rom at 22 or 20 to 1 a couple weeks ago. We hit you DJ also. We, yeah, we so it's just that, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's just not that tier. There's not that upper echelon that makes sense to bet on those guys. I, I just don't think there is. I think you're way better spreading your units, you know, spread your seed, right? Cast a wide net and – and you're, I think you're just more likely to hit – I think it's just more likely we're going to see a big number win this thing. So, yeah. All right. Speaking of that, let's get into just the tip tonight. This is where me and Pat give you, you know, a little a little tip. If you're a beginner, if you're an intermediate kind of player, or maybe you're you're way smarter than us and you just need to be reminded. This is a tip for DFS uh, and or golf betting could be either one. We're just going to give you a little tip, just something to think about, theory, strategy kind of thing, uh, something to think about on how you approach, how you handicap golf gambling of any kind, whether it's DFS or the more traditional format. And then after that, we're going to talk about our season performance of 2019-2020. Uh, Pat, would you like to start with your uh, with your tip tonight? Sure, I will start with my tip. And my tip is more research related okay so one of the things we talk a lot about is recent form and i think recent form can kind of be you know construed in a lot of different ways like you may look at recent form and say okay well this guy made five straight cuts and he was top 30 in all events and whatever else but i do think you can look at recent form and even have some missed cuts in there 
but still have still be able to see that there's good form, but maybe that one missed cut, something happened that week that you just didn't drill down and see, and it could have been an outlier. It could have been something that was just an, you know, an, an anomaly that didn't, you know, just wasn't how they've been playing. So I'm going to give you an example here. Shane Lowry, who I just talked about at 25 to one, who I do feel like is in good recent form, but he did miss his last cut at the Northern Trust. But before that he had a T23, you know, 66 at the PGA Championship, and then a, a T6 at the WGC. I think you got to drill it down a little further with guys like that when you're looking at their last four or five events. And, like, I think Fantasy National is one of those sites that you really can see this. So if you look at him, for example, in just his last, you know, five events with that one missed cut, he was incredible on strokes gain approach. So he's hitting his irons really well. But the one week that he did miss a cut, he was, which was the Northern Trust, he was negative three and a half on strokes gain approach. So outside of that, before that, he was plus four, plus two and a half, plus two and a half, plus two and a half, plus almost five in strokes gain approach. So it was the one week that he really just wasn't good with his irons. He didn't play all that well, and he missed the cut. But that doesn't mean his form isn't good. Just because they missed their last cut before this event, and that's really my point, doesn't mean their form is bad. You still got to look at those last four or five events and see what the stats look like. And maybe there was just one outlier for that missed cut that they can easily fix or, you know, or they can easily change. And so I think that's something that you got to drill down further when you're looking at recent form. You don't just see a missed cut and say, okay, the form is gone all of a sudden. You have to actually drill down and see why did they miss that cut and, you know, was it something that, you know, you think could be a trend or is it something that's just an outlier that really just happened for one week? Because we, if you play golf, you see it all the time. I mean, there's, I mean, so many different, you know, varying factors to you playing well. But if a certain golfer has been playing very consistently well in one area and they just have a bad week, um, then I think you kind of throw that out. You throw that miscut out. And we talk, talk about that a lot on the show is, oh, yeah, he's in good recent form. He did miss his last cut. I'm throwing that out. And that's why I do that is I'll drill it down a little bit further and just see a little bit, you know, why he's – you may have missed that cut. So I think that's just something to pay attention to. Don't just look at recent form as being that last week. You know, drill that down further and see, okay, what happened for that one missed cut and was it something that just just happened as, a, as you know, a random type thing. So – Maybe I rambled a little bit there. I think I made my no, point. But actually, that's, I think that's a good. I think that's a good tip, Pat. Way to get your tip in. <laughs> I uh, I think that's actually good because, you know, um, yeah. I mean, you got to drill down because you know you could look and say, okay, did he miss the cut on the number? Did he miss the cut by one or two shots? Like that's nothing. That's literally nothing for these guys. That, that's, that's one bad swing that costs you one or two shots, right? That's a lip out on a great putt or a, a break in concentration on a short putt that you should have missed that you didn't. Like, it's, that's literally the margin we're talking about. You know, let's look at Shane – going back to your Shane Lowry example. It was the miss – the miscut was at the Northern Trust. That's a FedEx Cup playoff event, okay? That's a really good field. Compare that to this field. This field is dog shite compared to that field, right? So if he missed the cut by one or two shots, 
And then he's coming into this. Like, don't write him off for that. That's dumb. If, if the form was good before that, you know? So I think you got it. You, you do have to factor in those things. Look at why he missed the cut. Did he miss the cut by four shots, but he just all of a sudden he, he, could, he couldn't figure out the putter, right? He, maybe the putter went crazy or for whatever reason, a guy who normally drives the ball in the fairway all the time just had a bad week driving the ball. And he, and he missed a lot of fairways. Like, look at that. Figure out why that is. Because if they're, you know, if they check a lot of boxes elsewhere or over a longer period of time and you've seen that miscut and it's scaring you off, you got to dig in a little bit. That's why golf, you know, golf research takes a while. Like, it, it kind of t- it can be time-consuming if you do it right. So, uh, I think that's really – I think that's a good tip for people to remember is that – a miscut or a T58, you know, like in the middle of a lot of other good finishes is not grounds to say a player is not in good form, even if it's the very most recent event. You know, you got to look at the why. You got to look at what happened. And also, this goes back to a, a long-time tip that we give frequently, watch golf. Like, actually watch it. You might see it with your own yeah. eyes and be able to go, oh, I remember why Shane Lowry missed that cut. He missed the cut because he freaking snap-hooked a drive into the – you know, OB at one hole and he doubled, he missed a cut by one. I remember that. That's one bad drive. So it's definitely something you got to keep it, keep thinking of. All right. Uh, mine will be a little bit shorter, but I, I just, it's a definition. It's something I think people need to know. Thinking about golf betting, golf betting, first round leader bets, which I love first round leader bets as much as the next guy. Uh, you know, I think this is a great week for a first-round leader bet. You can almost guarantee I will have some triple-digit first-round leader bets, probably in the AM wave because it doesn't look like there's much of a weather advantage. So I'll give a little bit softer golf course this week. I will have some on my betting card this week. I want everybody to know about the dead heat rule, okay? The dead heat rule. The dead heat rule tends to apply with first-round leaders, top 10s, top 20s. It applies. Okay, you need to know it because here's what happens. Dead heat is when uh, more than one player tie to win that bet, whatever's going on. So if it's first-round leader and, you know, three guys come out and shoot uh, the same score, they, they, they all come out and shoot seven under on Thursday, first-round leader, and you have one of them, and he's 90 to one. This is, I'm trying to set myself up for some easy math, okay? He's 90 to one, and there's three players that tie, Okay. Well, you don't hit the first-round leader at 90-1, to okay, because three players tied. Dead heat rules will apply. And basically, how you figure that out um, is you just divide the odds proportionately among the number of winners. So if it's 90-1, to you divide it by how many winners there were. There were three. So now you get paid out 30-1. to So now your first-round leader bet that was 90-1 to because he tied with two other players gets paid out at 30-1. to The same kind of things apply for top 10 and top 20 bets on most books. You need to know the rules for most books, first of all. If your book doesn't pay out dead heats, then you need to leave the book, okay? Unless they pay out the full number, but they probably don't. So dead heat rules apply. The reason why I like this this tip is because this is why in my betting card, when I'm betting first-round leaders, I'm betting long shots for sure. I mean, do I bet long shots for outrights? Yes, but even for outrights, I will tend to go a little bit shorter because there's going to be one outright winner. You're never going to split an outright, okay? There's one. You are going to split first-round leaders more times than not. More times than not on the PGA Tour, the first-round leader, there is more than one. So you are likely to split the first-round leader. Knowing that, if you bet somebody 
who's 20 to one to be a first, a first round leader. And he ties with just one other person that bet becomes 10 to one. Okay. That's just not worth it because any one of these guys in the field can get hot for one round and have a low, a, a low round, any of them. So if there's ever a reason to bet long shots, it's on first round leaders. And I think the dead heat is one of the reasons why, you know, give me a 150 to one guy, give me a hundred to one guy, give me an 80 to one guy, because then if I split it, I'm at least getting something worth sweating because you're going to sweat the first round leader without a doubt. So you need to understand dead heat rules. You need to understand the dead heat rules for your book that you're betting on. And think about that when you're making your first round leader bets, your top 10 bets, your top 20 bets. There you go. I like that. Yeah, that's good. A lot of people don't and, understand that dead heat rule. We get questions on it or tweets and whatever else all the time. So educate the people, Patrick. Educate yes. the people. Um, hey, let's talk about how we did this this year, Pat. Um, let's talk about real quick how we did. On, I'm going to pull up the TJ tracker here by our boy Tom, Tom Wyckoff. Mm. Thank you, Tom. I'm I assuming this you. doesn't include this week right because you mean the tour championship yeah it does not because we i told tom to forget it because we don't care yeah remember that whole mail it in thing all right so uh 2019 2020 season excluding the tour championship this is so crazy all right fades let's talk about fades 62 percent of the time my fades finished outside the top 25 58 percent of the time yours finished outside the top 25 okay uh, which is probably pretty good. 22% of the time, mine finished outside the top 10. 18%, your finished outside the top 10. So 4% difference between the two of us. I think that's probably the tightest. So pretty, whatever. One time I did have the winner that I faded. You did not. 0% of the time, your fades won the golf tournament. So there you go. Uh, the made cut percentage is exactly, I'm sorry, miscut percentage is 26% for both of us. Absolutely nuts. 150 golf, 140 <laughs> golfers picked. 26% of the time, those golfers miss the cut. Now, we, we give you fades for the 9K, the 8K, which are the, you know, they're, they're up there for a reason. Okay, so but 20%, 26% of the time, they even miss the cut. So we did pretty good there. We did pretty good. Um, let's go to cash, Pat. Cash. Oh, gosh, this is where it's probably terrible for me. Oh, actually, yeah, this is, this is actually the biggest split for, for us. Yeah. All right, cash plays. Top 25 finishes. 43% of the time, my cash plays finish top 25. 35% yours finish top 25. 21% mine finish top 10. 17% yours finish top 10. Made cut percentage. Another big difference here. My cash plays make the cut 71% of the time. Yours make the cut 62% of the time. Pat, we need to work on your cash plays a little bit. Yeah. Okay, bud. Can we can – we, can you give me an action plan on what you're going to do to improve your cash selections for the rest of the year? I'm just going to go with more chalky guys in that range. <laughs> uh, GPPs. This is our biggest, biggest uh, pool that we, we selected. Last year, I selected 392 players across all GPPs. You selected 332. A lot of that's because I select more 6K guys than you do. Like this week, you gave us two. I gave us like four or five. 37% uh, of my players finish top 25 or better. 34% of the time, yours finish top 25% or better. Top 10s, 18% for me, 17% for you. 
Winners, 3% for me, 1% for you. Now, here's where you get me. Made cut percentage, probably because you don't pick a lot of 6K guys. 69% of yours make the cut, and 67% of mine make the cut. That's still not so bad for either way on a 6K guy. For 6K guys to get almost yeah. 70%, I mean, that's – yeah. Yeah, not bad. Um, now, if we break it down in like the the cash, like the ranges, I'm trying to look here. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to help you out a little bit, actually. Uh, nope, not good there. I'm trying to make you. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, okay, you do good. Here you go. You do good in fades, seventy five hundred dollars and lower. You do pretty good with those. So good job. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, they finish outside the top 25, 89% of the time, me 76% of the time. Um, and they miss the cut for you 42% of the time, and for me only 29% of the time, if they're 7,500 and under. So there you go. Well done, Pat. Well done. Also, just for the record, DB's Big Balls betting card has ended for the 2019-2020 season. I have ended – over 30 weeks, uh, in the positive, in the green, okay, in the, in the green, 10 units, up 10 units on the year, which I'm a little disappointed in because I got, I got off to kind of a hot start. I hit like 151, 150 to one bet. Um, yeah, you were like 30 or 40 units at one point, weren't you? Yeah, over the last like six or seven events, I literally just bled money on the D on DB's big balls betting card. I just bled it. I hit Daniel Berger 70 to one at the Schwab or whatever it was he won. And that was the last time I hit anything. So um had a bunch of sweats, had a bunch of sweats for first round leader, had some sweats for outright, but just didn't hit it. But hey, it's the big balls betting card, people. I'm giving you bets that are long numbers. This is I'm up 10 units on the year betting long numbers. Not short numbers, long numbers. So come to me for your long numbers. Maybe you somebody should else add for your in short some numbers. of mine, though, because some of mine. No, I don't want to. It's not DB and Pat's big balls betting. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't ring well with big balls betting. Okay, DB's big balls betting. Okay. Not okay. DB and Pat's. Big, then you you f up the whole flow. So no, we're not going to do that. It's DB's big balls betting card. You got big balls. You want to bet long shots. You want to have a sweat that get that gets the blood flowing, the blood pumping. You know, that gives your lady the wop. You know, that WAP, whatever. That's what you need my betting card. So 10 units, it's okay. It's positive. We're going to start over. We're going to roll it over for the safe way. I'm really excited about it. But it's going to continue to be big balls. I ain't going – we're going big balls here. So just know that. Over 30 weeks, up 10 units. There you go. And I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a little better job of tracking that too. So we'll, we'll keep up with that a little differently this year. Uh, but that's just on the betting card. Like – I've definitely hit some bets, as have you, on this podcast and the TJ After Dark show because we tend to talk a little bit more about it. I mean, on the betting card, I am saying if I were only going to spend $50, here's how I would spend it. And I give you the longest numbers that I would spend it on for the biggest return. But, you know, for example, you know, we both have hit Rom, DJ, you know, over the last couple of weeks on TJ After Dark, um, the head-to-head -head matchups that we've bet. Those are kind of separate. They're not documented on, t on, on the betting card. Strictly my betting card write-ups over the last 30 weeks are up 10 units. So there you go. Starting over, starting fresh for the Safeway. I'm excited. 
Although I feel like I'm going to probably start right back in the negative, which is going to bother me. So that's it. That's all I got. You good? I'm good. Let's go. I'm going to, I'm going to be hammered for TJ after dark. I just going to go ahead and let you know. I've already told the people in the chat. <clears throat> okay. Um, hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. May your screens be green for the Safeway open. Whew. Uh, yeah, check out tj.com for all the new blog content, all that stuff. It's going to be fun. Listen to that Chip McDaniel podcast. Um, yeah, go get you some underwear and some CBD. Get, uh, yeah. All right. Thank you, DB. See ya.